Titus 3, 1 through 8. Remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy statement. And concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for men. This passage is about the gospel. What is it? What's the point of it? What's it about? Who's it for? What is it for? What do you know? How do you know if you've believed it? This passage is about the gospel. And I want for us to learn deeply the truth of the gospel this morning. I'm going to do this, as we look at this passage, I'm going to do it backwards. We're going to start in verse 8, and we're going to work ourselves up to the beginning. Verse 8 makes this point about the gospel. The gospel is all about good deeds. The gospel has everything to do with good deeds. Read verse 8 again. This is a trustworthy statement, and concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for men. So this is a command to a pastor. Titus is a pastor. The Apostle Paul is writing to him, telling him how to be a good pastor. And this is what he says. He is to talk about certain things in a certain way for a certain reason. The things he is to talk about, we're going to look at those in a minute. The way he is to talk about them is confidently. And the reason he is to talk about them, the reason he is to talk about certain things confidently is this. So that those who have believed God, Christians, will be careful to engage in good deeds. He is to speak about certain things confidently so that we would be careful to engage in good deeds. That word careful means out in front, leading the way, leading the pack. 
not lagging behind, but diligent, zealous, at the front of the line. Be careful to engage in good deeds. The gospel is all about good deeds. Now, so am I a heretic? Am I telling you that the gospel is about works righteousness? Am I, am I a legalist? Am I a Roman Catholic? Aren't you, aren't you, aren't you gospel-centered? How can you say the gospel is all about good deeds? Well, no, I'm not a heretic. No, I'm not a legalist. No, I'm not a Roman Catholic. And yes, I do believe in the centrality of the gospel, but what is it? And what's it for? This truth that the gospel is all about good deeds is everywhere. It's everywhere in Titus. If you have your Bible open, I'm going I'm to go to lots of places with you, so you've got to keep up, all right? But the first couple are easy. Turn back a page. Titus 2. Look at Titus 2.11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us, to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. Now look at those words. They're right in front of you. If you have your Bible open, they're right there in front of you. There's no doubt about what they say, right? The grace of God has appeared. The grace of God has come. And the grace of God comes teaching us. Do you see that? Instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly passions, worldly desires, and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age. That's what the grace of God comes and does. This is not what the law of God comes and does. This is what the grace of God comes and does. Everyone sees that, right? It's very clear right in front of you. And then it says this, Jesus Christ came To redeem us from what? From every lawless deed. And to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. So why did Jesus Christ come? The grace of God came to teach us, to say no to ungodliness. Jesus Christ came, the Son of God came, to redeem us and to make us zealous. For good deeds. That's the point. That's the point. If you're not zealous for good deeds, then you have completely missed the point. Of what? Of the law? No. Of the gospel. Titus chapter 3, verse 14. You've got to follow along now, so keep flipping. Our people... Paul says to Titus, the pastor, he says, our people, the people in our churches must also 
Learn to engage in good deeds. To meet pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful. Our people have got to get this. You have got to get this. We have got to get this. We must learn to engage in good deeds. Otherwise, we're unfruitful. Otherwise, you're pointless. What's the point of... uh, of a, of a tomato plant. Right? What's the point? They're not all that pretty to look at. The point is fruit. The New Testament is filled with this kind of thing. Ephesians 2.10. Go with me here. Hopefully a familiar verse to you if, you're, if you've been a Christian for any time. Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. It's what you're made for. It's what you're made for. It's the point. It's the purpose. You've been made anew, if you're a Christian, by Jesus Christ, for a point, for good works. Which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. That's the point. The point is not forget about good works. The point is be careful to do good works. Hebrews 10.24 Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. So this is something that we have to think about. That's what the word consider means. Something we have to work on. Something we have to figure out. Hmm. How can I, how can I help him? How can I help her? Be zealous. Be careful for good deeds. How can I do that? When's the last time you gave thought to this? You know, We have houses filled with people who live together, either as husband and wife and children or as roommates. How often do we think, hmm, how can I stimulate them to love and good deeds? Because we don't think of it as important because we don't understand that the gospel is all about good deeds. What about this, James 2.20? James chapter 2, verse 20. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow? (laughs) It's just a funny way of putting it, isn't it? Are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? A tomato plant without tomatoes is utterly useless. A Christian without good works is useless. What are you good for? Nothing. 1 Peter 1, 1 and 2. Turn with me there. 1 Peter 1, 1 and 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who were chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to 
Obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Again, what's the point? Chosen, according to the foreknowledge of God, sanctified. Why? To obey Jesus Christ. That's the point. One last one, 1 Peter 2.12. We could go on and on with these kinds of passages, but one last one. 1 Peter 2.12, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, so they have to be observable, so that they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. The point of the gospel is not for you to go to heaven when you die. You will, but that's not the point. Here's the point. The point is, be careful to engage in good deeds. That's the point. Bear fruit. Be fruitful. Be obedient to Jesus Christ. The gospel is all about good deeds. It's the point. It's the purpose. God is creating for himself a spotless bride. He is creating for himself a people who are, oh, you know, kind of interested in maybe possibly doing good deeds from time to time when they feel like it. When it's not too inconvenient. Jesus Christ has purchased for himself a people who will be zealous for good deeds. Zealous. Filled with zeal. Out in front. Leading the way. Leaving, leading, leaving everybody else behind. I'm zealous for good deeds. That's what God has purposed in the gospel. So the gospel is all about good deeds. The point, the goal... The purpose of the gospel is good deeds. That's the first thing about the gospel I want you to hear today. Secondly, the gospel has absolutely nothing to do with good deeds. Nothing. Verses 4 to 7. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That is one of the most magnificent summaries of the gospel you will read anywhere in the Bible. Right there. Look at these words. Kindness. Love. Mercy. Grace. Salvation. Washing. Renewing. Justified. Heirs. Hope. Eternal life. Look at those words. 
just like the Great Commission that we had the conference about a few weeks ago. If you're familiar with the Bible and you've memorized these verses, you come to the place where you don't even see them, you don't even hear them anymore. And I want you to slow down and soak in these words. Look at them. Don't look at me. Look at them. When the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared. That's the word philanthropy, love for mankind. It's the only place you find it in the Bible. God is the one who has it. He is philanthropic. He has love for mankind. He has this broad, magnanimous, large-hearted, kind love for mankind. God has, has love for you. Don't be afraid to say that. God loves sinners. He loves mankind. He loves you. And this kindness and this large-hearted love for mankind appeared. And when it appeared, he saved us. Not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness. Because there is no such thing as deeds which we have done in righteousness. But according to his mercy. We are at his mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, not stingily, if that's a word, but richly. He's poured out this Holy Spirit so that being justified by his grace, so that being declared righteous, not guilty, by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Heirs. Waiting to inherit eternal life. All of God's riches. Slow down and soak in all of that. Is this your gospel? Is your gospel this big? Is your, is your gospel this generous? Is your God this kind? Or have you gotten crusty on us? Don't go getting crusty on us. Because these words are true. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. I want you to see it again. If this isn't enough, then let's look at another place that in some ways puts it even more strongly. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 9. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love... Rich, okay, slow down now. But God being rich in mercy. Not stingy, not penny wise, right? But rich in mercy. Because of his great love 
with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace. Surpassing, you can't even figure it out, it boggles the mind. Surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So slow down and soak in those words. Because it's all true. God is rich in mercy. He has great love. He possesses surpassing riches of grace. He is kind toward us. Is that your gospel? Is that your God? So the gospel is all about good deeds. And the gospel has nothing to do with good deeds. The gospel has everything to do with good deeds. The gospel has nothing to do with good deeds. So have I lost my mind? Am I a schizophrenic? Am I irrational? What's, what's going on here? Which is it? It's both. The good news, and that's what gospel means, the good news is that there is nothing you can do to earn favor with God. There is nothing you can do, and that is good news for you. If you have even the slightest idea about yourself, then that is good news for you. If you think, if you have any idea how bad you are, just slightly how bad you are, then this gospel is good news for you. Because it's not by deeds which we have done in righteousness. There ain't no such thing. So if there's going to be good news, it's got to be something other than by deeds which you have done in righteousness. Right? But it's not by deeds which you have done in righteousness. If you know yourself even slightly, that should be good news to you. So many of us feel the weight of our sins and we feel like we can't draw near to God and we do have a tender conscience but we feel like we can't draw near to God we feel like we'll never be good enough and you're exactly right you will never be good enough even if you don't feel like you'll never be good enough you won't be and the good news is also that God saves people for a purpose there's a point. There's an end in view. And the point is purity, holiness, obedience. And that should be good news to you, especially if you know yourself. If you even slightly know yourself, you should be very glad to hear the news that God has saved you so that you'll be careful to engage in good deeds. That Jesus Christ has redeemed you 
to purify for himself a people who are zealous for good deeds. Isn't that good news to you? Because you see your sin and you see that you're powerless against it. But God is doing something. He saved you for a purpose. He is not going to fail. So many of us feel stuck in our sins. Ensnared, entangled, addicted. Hopeless. You're not allowed to be hopeless. If you have believed the gospel, you're not allowed to be hopeless about your sin. Get off your high horse and your pride and stop it. You're not allowed to be hopeless. The gospel is good news for all of us. No, you cannot do anything to make God accept you. The good news is... He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but by His mercy. How? Look at what it says in chapter 3 of Titus. By the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ. Washing and renewing. We need both of these things. We need washing. We need to be cleansed. We need to be forgiven. We need to be justified, which means declared not guilty as we stand before God. And we need to be renewed. We need new life. We need freedom from our sin. We need the ability to kill our sin and to walk in newness of life. And God gives us both. He saved us By the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. All of that comes from this good news. It all comes from this magnificent, free, powerful, merciful act of God. He saved us. He saved us. Could not have possibly been because of deeds done in righteousness. And he saved us so that we would do deeds of righteousness. Now, none of that will be good news for you if you don't know yourself. If you think of yourself as, you know, squared away, clean, then if if you don't see yourself as a great sinner, then there is no good news for you. None. Look at verse 3. In case you were forgetting, he reminds us. Verse 3, For we also once were foolish ourselves. Do you remember? Disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. That's you. That's me. That's us. He says, we, ourselves, all of us. This is us. 
Apart from this washing and renewing work of the Holy Spirit, we are all foolish. Just foolish. We won't have anybody tell us anything. We are disobedient. We will do the opposite of what God commands. We hate his law. Deceived. We'll believe anything except the truth. We are enslaved. Addicted. To all kinds of lusts and pleasures. You see the word various, all kinds, you name it, you name it. Don't have time to even begin to list the lusts and pleasures that we are enslaved to. Spending our life in malice. Totally consumed with nastiness vindictiveness, meanness, and envy, hating everybody, wanting what they have. Hateful, hating. I mean, this describes the office, you know. This describes the shop, doesn't it? This describes the schoolroom. This is what it's like. And this is us. Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten? Or maybe you, you just disagree. <laughs> maybe you just say, no, you know, I, you know I, it just doesn't describe me. Some of you young people, some of you children, all these little kids we had up here a minute ago are being raised in homes where they're learning how to share and they're learning to be nice and they're learning to be kind and they're learning to be obedient. And, you know, my three-year-old can recite in Ephesians 6, you know, children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. So, so obviously this has nothing to do with you, kids, right? Because you're nice. Look back at, at uh, Ephesians 2 again. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Again, a passage that opens up for us the gospel, it also opens up for us the depth of your sin, of our sin. And here's what God says. And I don't care what you feel like, and I don't care how you compare to anybody else, this is you, apart from Christ. And you were dead. Not mostly dead not sick, not struggling, not drown, you know, in the water and coming up for a last breath and coming up for, dead. In your trespasses and sins, cut off from God, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan, you were his slave, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. This is you. This is me. This is our children. That's that little baby that you're carrying in the womb. Romans 3, 10 to 18. As if that wasn't enough, hear this. As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. Not even one. None. 
There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths and the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. don't care how educated you are. I don't care how honest you are. I don't care how hardworking you are. This is you. And the fact that you don't see it proves it. Because this is the word of God speaking to you and you won't hear it. This is the word of God speaking to you. The more you protest, the more you prove the reality. Sinner. Do you see why the gospel is good news? Do you remember what it was like to be like that? Do you see why the gospel is good news? It's good news that there is nothing you can do. That it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. Thank God it's not by works of righteousness that I have done. Do you see why it's good news that the point of the gospel is good deeds? Because that's what you and I are like. Do you remember what it was like to be that that way? Those sins are still in us, aren't they? Malice, envy. Anyone done with that stuff? Anyone done with hate? Anyone done with being enslaved to all kinds of lusts and pleasures? Are we done with that? Thank God the gospel says, you will be zealous for good deeds. Thank God for that. That's good news, isn't it? Because we are so bad. We are helpless, hopeless, we're dirty, we're depraved. We need washing and renewing. Now, what's that look like? What's it look like to be zealous for good deeds? What kind of good deeds are we talking about? Verses 1 and 2. Remind them to be subject to rulers to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. The gospel is all about good deeds. It's all about good deeds. It's all about you being saved so that you can do good deeds. And these good deeds are practical, objective, observable Good deeds. This is real obedience. This is not just something that happens in your head. This is something that people will be able to look at. Remember what Peter said as they observe your good deeds as you do them, they'll be able to observe them, be able to look at you and say, huh, uh, that was a good deed. <laughs> Practical, objective, observable. 
The gospel requires you to obey God not in order to be declared righteous. We do not obey God so that we then are declared righteous on our own because it's not by works of righteousness which we have done because we can't. But the gospel requires you to obey God because you have been declared righteous. And he is in the business of making for himself a people who are zealous for good deeds. If you have believed God, you've been washed and renewed, that looks like something. And here it looks like two things, being a good citizen and being a good neighbor. Look at verse 1. Remind them to be subject to rulers. To be subject to authorities. To be obedient to them. To be ready for every good deed. This is talking about your life as a citizen. There are many of us who, who are given to uh, you know, political stuff. Which is fine. But you better do it as a Christian and not as a ditto head. Or whatever variety you're into. doesn't matter. Your allegiance is to Jesus Christ. And if you're going to be a public citizen, which we should be, you better do it as a Christian. Be subject to these rulers. Even the pagan ones. Be subject to the authorities. Be obedient to them. Be ready for every good work. That is the good deeds. Those are the good deeds that you must be careful to do. And secondly, a good neighbor. Look at this. To malign no one, verse 2, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. Who is he talking about? There are many places in, in the New Testament that tell us to be kind to one another. You know those verses? Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, um, bear with one another in love, try to keep, make, you know, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And, and that's all talking about Christians. When it says one another, it's talking about Christians. So is that what this is talking about? This is another one of those places that tells us to be good Christians with one another in the church? It's not. This is talking about the, the obnoxious, foolish, disobedient, deceived, malicious, envious, addict, hateful jerk that's your neighbor or your coworker or your boss that's who this is talking about you are to not speak badly of them you are to be peaceable towards them you are to be gentle towards them you are to look at them and think now how can i how can I make every consideration for them? How do I know this? How do we know that's what he's talking about? Four. Verse three. What's verse three start with? Four, right? You need to be kind. You need to, to, to be 
to malign no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. All those bad people out there. Why? Because we were once foolish ourselves. Did you forget about that? Did you think that you became a Christian by deeds which you have done in righteousness? Did you think that you're not a homosexual because you're above that? Did you think that you're not a thief because you're above that? Did you think you're not enslaved to alcohol and drugs and pornography? Did you think you're not that nasty you know, mother-in-law or whoever it is for you that's just that nasty person who's eaten up with bitterness all the time. You're not like that. And that's why you're a Christian, because you're better than that. Is that what you thought? Is that why you think you can look at those people and, and, and turn away from them in disgust and speak badly of them and turn up your nose at them and, and despise them because you thought you were better than them? Come on. We were once foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, just like they are, enslaved of all kinds of lusts and pleasures, spending our lives in malice and envy, hating and being hated. Did you forget? The only reason you're any different is that the kindness of God, his love for mankind appeared. And when that happened, he saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but by his mercy. This is probably the only time you're ever going to hear me say this. Ready? Be nice. The gospel's all about good deeds, and the gospel's all about being nice. Isn't that what it says? Come on. Stop being crusty. Don't be obnoxious. Don't be hateful. Don't speak badly of these people. We're all cut from the same piece of cloth. And if you think otherwise, then you don't know the gospel and you certainly don't know yourself. So let's, let's finish where we started. Verse 8. This is a trustworthy statement, and concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for men. Now we know what these things are. Concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently. What things? Well, the depth of our sin, we need to be constantly reminded where we came from and what we're still like, what we still fight against. We've got to be constantly reminded of those things. Paul says so. The Holy Spirit says so. Speak confidently about that. And speak confidently about the riches of God's mercy and his kindness and his grace 
talk about that stuff all the time, talk about both of them all the time. It's not either or. It doesn't matter which one you like to hear most. You need to hear them both. And as pastors, we need to speak confidently all the time about those things. Why? So that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. Brothers and sisters, if you have believed God, if you've not refused what he said here, but you've believed it, if you've not hardened your heart against it, but you've believed it, if you know the depth of your sin and and corruption and wickedness, if you have cast yourself on the kindness and love of God, if you've known the washing and renewing of the Holy Spirit, if you have been justified by God's grace and made an heir of the hope of eternal life, then be careful. Be careful. Be careful to lead the way, to be out front, to be, to be at the front of the pack, to be zealous for good deeds, because that's why Jesus Christ saved you. It's what you were made for. And if you deny that, then you deny the gospel. And you're useless. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for those here this morning who have repeatedly denied to hear of their sin, whose hearts are proud and hard and who who have refused to acknowledge that, yes, they are terrible sinners. Please have mercy on them so that they will see that it cannot possibly be by deeds which they've done in righteousness, but by your mercy alone. And pray for us, Lord, who have believed you Make us careful to engage in good deeds. Make us careful. Forgive our laziness. Forgive our sloth. Forgive our abuse of the gospel, which has caused us to say, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Make us careful to engage in good deeds. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Get the fruit in us. for which you died, Lord Jesus. Get it. Make it. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.